Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. What I feel the Lord has given to me, and and so that was what I would give to you. But um, so that's my disclaimer. So I'm past that. So let's go on. So um. There, I come across an old Italian proverb I was telling my wife about that, uh, that I, I liked. And as soon as I seen it, I likened it to us. And, um, and once I explain it, you'll understand it. But it reads as this. And I got the man to explain it to me for I didn't first understand it. Um, the Italian proverb says like this. We do not age at the dinner table. So I said, okay, explain that to me. And he says, um, what that means is we care what we put in our body. So when we fix a meal, we take time to impair the ingredients, to prepare the ingredients. So when we set down what we are putting in our body is going to give us the strength we need to go on. In other words, what we're eating, the fellowship that we're encountering is going to give us the strength that we need. So I'm thinking, you know what? I just applied that spiritually. When we come to church, it's not that we just come to church just to clack off or just to, just to mark off a number just say, you know what? God said forsake not. So it's Sunday, so let's just go to church. We don't do that. I don't know how many ministers has just stood behind this desk and said, if there's one thing about Hatch Ben, Hatch Ben loves preaching. We love worship, but I'm telling you, we love God's word. It has been said time and time again. So it's just like the, the shepherds were still here. And on the last night, I purposely went to her and I said, Sister Shepherd, I want to pay you a compliment. I says, not only do you worship with us, but you preach with your husband. So you're not only just sitting on your hands when it comes to worship, but when it comes time to preach, you're on your feet with us. So it's been said time and time again, like I've said, when, when it comes to God's word, we just don't come to church and just says, well, God just gave us his word and we're just going to come in and just go through the motions and go home. No, it is just like the Proverbs. We don't age at the dinner table. What we ingest we realize we're going to need the strength. And the strength we receive from it is going to give us the strength to overcome the enemy. When we leave here, it's going to give us the strength to overcome what we're going to fight, the temptations that's going to come against us because we take this thing seriously. I'm not coming to church just trying to ease my conscience. I'm coming to church because I got a real enemy that I have to face once I leave here. I'm not just coming in here just saying, you know what, my dad and my mother took me to church, so therefore I feel like I should go. They don't have nothing to do with me right now. I am a grown man. I do what I want to. So therefore I say I feel a need that they put in me years ago that I need to be in the house of God. So I have tried to distill that in my sons because when you come here, it is not just coming here and go through the motions. You have a real enemy. You will face real temptation. So when you enter in this house, that's why I said there's all kind of emotions. We're just human. We bring them in here. Sometimes we will never admit it, but we bring them emotions in here. God somehow works through that. But when we come in here and somebody picks up God's holy word, we don't just sit on our hands and just say, well, he's just reading the Bible. What has that got to do with me? No, this is God's holy word. This is what I'm going to receive strength from. This is what's going to give me the anointing, the direction that I need. Because Tuesday afternoon, when uh, life's road is telling me to go left, but God's word says, no, listen to what you was told. It says you should go right. The world's telling you you should go left. 
but my word says you should go right. Remember what you was told. So that's just why I just immediately likened that to us. And if you don't get that, I'm sorry. But I do. I just, he, as he was telling me that, I just said, you know what? Spiritually speaking, that's just us. We won't age. We won't be defeated at the dinner table. When we come into this house, our pastor is going to feed us. I'm telling you, we're going to receive the strength and the nourishment that we need when we have to fight the enemy. All right, I'm going to read one verse. If, if, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians. Just to let you know, I have some, some comments I want to make, but just to let you know where I, what I want to speak on. Colossians 2.8, it just says, read on the screen. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now, I will tell you philosophy. I'm almost, I'm almost 100% sure this is the only time that word is used in Scripture, I think, in this content. This, when Paul used it here, he says, do not let any man spoil you or rob you through the philosophy and vain deceit. Now, Daniel told us in 12.4, I didn't give it to him, I'm, just, I'm going to just quote a portion of it, and we've heard it so many times. He said, many is going to run to and fro, and knowledge was going to be increased. Now, the running to and fro, that's not like a transportation issue. That in the end time, the knowledge that we see is going to be increased. So many people. And if there's one thing it's, it's done, this is a searching after knowledge. It's what we see. In, in, and Paul told us there are going to be those that's ever learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. They, they are going to be running to and fro. They're going to be searching the scriptures. They're going to be diving in. We have so much information available at our fingertips, so to speak. There is just really, if you ask me, this is just me, I think there's too much information out there. There is just all that you want, it's just there. But our days, it's just the spirit of our days just says literally to man, you know what, you still believe that? You really still believe the Bible? Man is his own God. Create your own truth. Whatever you want it to be, you just take it and run with it. It's what our society says. It's just whatever you want it to be, you worship like you want. You believe what you want to believe. The Bible's just for the old people, and it's just for those that need a crutch. It's just for those that just don't understand the new time. We are in such an enlightened area. I just can't believe you still believe that. Really and truly, I'm telling you the truth. They may not word it just like that, but the intent is that. They really do that. Now, in um, Matthew 24, 4, the Bible says, I'll read it to you. The Bible says in the 24th, Twenty-four, Matthew 24. Okay, 24, 3. They sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming at the end of the world? And Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, they want to know all these signs, his disciples. As we would say, the church come to him and said, Look, tell us, Lord. How's it, how this all, how's all this going to come to pass? And the very first thing God tells the church is take heed that no man deceive you. Now, wait a minute. This was God's design for people to come together in a setting just like this and for God to anoint a man or a woman to speak in this capacity to instruct. But God tells the church, take heed that no man deceive you. So that's telling me, you better know who's speaking to you. I'm telling you, you better know who's speaking to you. And, I, and just pardon me if that's a little too strong. But we have this information. That's why it matters who is speaking to you. That's why that, that, that I'm going to scream it till they plant me in the ground. It does matter what you're listening to. 
people makes doctrinal decisions on people that don't even have the Holy Ghost. You can't do that. Somebody preaches doctrine and they don't even have God's Spirit. How can they do that? You know, people that just, they just sit there and they take this and they have this and they, they just listen. That's why the information, they, they, they'll just take and they'll just plug into something and they'll just start listening out of innocence or just start listening to all this information. They'll just say, well, it was preaching. The man sounded serious. But think, God said, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, he would not have started there if it wasn't an issue that could happen. So he's telling them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, I'm jumping over to Peter. So he tells them in 2 Peter 1 and 19, For we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereas you do well that take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, holy men of old, holy men of old spake. Now, he's telling them, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Knowing this first, he said, settle this. Settle this. Don't let this be an issue. Knowing this first, that no prophecy came. This was plainly not their disclosure. It has been said by people that just wants to argue or just wants to have something to say. It was just written by men. It was just their own idea. It was just their own philosophy. It was just something they come up with. But the, the Apostle Paul, under the anointing of the Lord, he was one of them that was anointed. He said this was not uh, their own philosophy. It was, <clears throat> it was there. It was, they spake on as they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. And they came. The Bible tells us literally in John, because John uh, 7, 39, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus has not been glorified. Now, this is what I like. In verse 21, it says, but... <clears throat> holy men of the holy men of God spake as they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wasn't even given. I mean, this is what I take. I try to take notice of it in, in Scripture. So this is speaking of in the Old Testament when God anointed the men to write, and He says they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people gets confused, but you have spirit and you have body. And that's it. That's it. Now, God manifested himself in three ways to humanity. Spirit, body, and in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the revelation or the regeneration in the way God sent his spirit back to humanity. But it is Jehovah. It is the spirit of God. For if, if, if you try to separate the Holy Ghost, whose spirit have you got? If it is separate, I don't want it. I want Jehovah is who I want. So he said that he moved, they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. But John told us the Holy Ghost hadn't been given. So what I love, what the Holy Ghost is, is that which was stolen by Adam. God said, I'm going to take and I am going to give my Holy Ghost. When my body dies, God just named it the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give my spirit back and that spirit is going to be the spirit of regeneration. That which was stolen when Adam and Eve transgressed when I came into the garden and walked with them in the cool of the day and had fellowship with them, that communion that was broken when sin separated that, I'm going to take my spirit in the form of regeneration and I'm going to label it the Holy Ghost and what I'm going to do is when I put this word in print, I'm going to anoint them men of that spirit and But then it hadn't been given, but God said, I'm going to use that spirit and I'm going to take and anoint them men to write that. But it had never been given. But the Holy Ghost that we have, that's why any revelation that's given to you, if it contradicts this word, it's wrong. There's no two ways about it because God had anointed the men that wrote this word of the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't have to ask nobody. If, if something comes to me in the form of a revelation and it don't match this word, I don't have to go to Brother Boyd and say, you know, 
Is this really right? I don't have to. God took and anointed these men of old as they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. So therefore, if God has given the same spirit to me, the spirit of regeneration to bring back, and all it is, Adam and Eve had the truest sense. All we get is the deposit, but it is the same form. So if he takes and he gave me the spirit of regeneration, I don't have to wonder if what I have of what I receive is going to be the same thing that they wrote. The Bible says they wrote as they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. In other words, God anointed them even way back thousands of years before God ever officially poured out on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost. That is what God anointed them men and women to write His Word with. That is why it is in agreement when God touches us, when God anoints you with a revelation, with a thought, opens our understanding. It will always be in agreement to his word. And if it's not in his word, then therefore I have missed the mark. Therefore it will. Holy men of old, they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. And it tells us the spirit of regeneration is what he did. Because this fellowship that God had with his people, he come down, he loved humanity. He come down, and the Bible tells us, and then in the form of a theophany and, and walked with Adam and Eve and come down in the communion that he had with him. And Eve also, that just was taken. And then that is why the one thing that I love is we would say in our, in our language, when the Lord was looking for an identity marker to... to, to, to to, that we could um, liken him to. That is why he chose the word. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So something that I could liken who God was, he says, you want to liken me? You liken me to this, because that is who I am. And you say, who is God? Open this book, and it'll tell you exactly who God is. For that's what he is. That is the identifying marker that he chose to give to me where I could understand it. That he gave to me. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He put that. He could not have put it. I'll just say it this way. He put it simple enough that I could understand it. Really and truly. That's the identifying marker that God says. This thing is not hard. It is sufficient enough. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit that we could overcome, that we could do this. But he said, take heed, take heed that no man deceive you. And I'm telling you, in our, in our day, in our time, I'm telling you that is so prevalent where you can, there is so much. And don't, don't think I'm throwing rocks. I'm just being ooh, very conservative. Because I'm telling you, I don't listen. I listen to very little. Very, very little. Because I am very guarded. Very, very guarded of what I let come in these ears. Some things you just can't help. But I'm telling you, when it comes down to sit down and listen to preaching, I just don't want I just don't want in and everything going in my mind. I just don't want. Because you, 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 can, take, you can take so much stuff, and, and I don't want to sit down and be thinking, you know what? That sort of makes sense. Well, you know, they, they got a point. Well, I don't care if they do have a point. The only point that matters it's what this word says. Let every man be a liar, including me. It's what this word says that's going to be truth. It's going to last. It's going to last. Now, I believe, I truly believe this, and I'm saying this, I want to say this as sincere as I can. I truly believe what a lot of people do not realize is our pastor, I think this was, was it last Sunday that he said this, is you can be lost from a pew. A lot of people don't realize is that with a preacher telling them they're saved, they're going to be lost. 
I'm telling you the truth, the honest and the goodness truth. I can be lost. I can be lost the whole time while a preacher's telling me that I did everything right and I'm on my way to heaven. Because, and the only way I can liken this of a, just a natural illustration is this. If I'm taking a class and there's a teacher teaching it and they give me a book, a manual, and they say, here's a manual. I want you to study this manual because they're going to be a test. And the teacher that's teaching it, I have 100% confidence in. And the, and the test that's going to be given at the end. And the whole time the teacher's teaching, they are 100% sincere telling me that I'm doing everything correct. And I go through the course listening to them. But I never one time opened the book to verify what's being told to me. And at the end, I take the test only to realize that I have failed the test. And then I act surprised because I failed the test. Because God has given us his word. And a lot of people, the only time they hear scripture is when they come to church. And I'll say this, and Brother Boyd, if he was here, he, I'm not saying nothing in his absence that I would not and have not said to him. I paid him the highest compliment I know how one time. It's when I told him it's been over 20 years that I have found his footprints in this word. Now, the other side of that coin, I don't want to sound mean, is but I was looking. Now, you may think I'm sounding mean, but I'm not. I'm telling you, I ain't taking nobody's word for it. I got 100% confidence in him, but God himself said, take heed, lest no man. The false prophets that tell you you're okay, you don't need to look in this word. The true shepherd is going to say, you better get your nose in the book. You better know what's being taught to you. Because I'm telling you, in the end, it's not going to say, it's not going to matter what's being said. It's what's going to matter is, did you obey my word? When you stand before God, is did you obey this? Did you do this? Did you do it correctly? It is not hard. It is not hard to fulfill. But there are so many people that is being led astray that are being told, you are okay. You're done this. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. And God himself is saying, you're, you're being deceived. You are being deceived. Now, they're saying, I'm okay. The preacher said, I'm okay. But I'm telling you, they are still lost. According to this word, they are still lost. Now, what's going to happen to them is not for me to say. All I can say, all I can judge it from and I use the word judge very, very cautiously. All I can say, I, I would not say judge, analyze it. I'll I, I, I back up and say analyze it from. It's this word where he says, take heed that no man deceive you. But I'm telling you, it is our responsibility to keep our nose in this book, to study it, to see what God says, to apply ourselves to it. And we have to do it. In, I'm going to skip down a little bit. I'm going to jump over to Hosea. Uh, in, in the book of Hosea 4 and 1, listen to what the Lord says in 4 and 1. Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Now, this is a verse, number six, is the ones we always quote. But I wanted to read one. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But, let's follow that up. 
We always stop there. And it's truth. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But let's read the end of that. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. Then he says, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will will also forget thy children. Now, it was both the priest and the people that had rejected the knowledge. They endeavored not even to retain it in their mind. But God said there's no truth, no mercy. And God is telling them, I have somewhat of a controversy with you. You have done this. Now, because it's never just about us. I mean, as the Bible tells us, has told us in the book of Acts, for this promise is unto you and to your children. But God says, you flip this corn around, you reject me. This ain't about just you. Your children's going to follow you. If you think you're the only one leaving, you got another thing coming. God said, it's not just you rejected me. It's your children rejected me. But you accept me. Chances are your children's going to accept me. But he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In other words, it's just this word is, is no different than any other thing. It's just say, uh, if, if you want something in life, what do you have to do? You have to pursue it. That is why it's just... This is not hard. I have said, and it, it's, it's uh, I'm not saying this in a, in a condescending way. Please believe me. And I'll, I'll, I'll start to say you, but I will say we. We are as spiritual as we want to be. And I'm telling you, I put me at the front of the line. We serve a loving God. We have so many things that crowd in on us. Life pushes in on us. So many things wars against our mind. So many things come against us. And I'm telling you, but when it comes to God, we serve a God that is willing to go, as we would say, to the ends of the earth to touch us, to help us. So when it comes to knowledge of him, Do I have to stand here and think, God, is it me or is it you? Never, ever, ever do you think God is withholding something from you. Telling you, you hit the closet and you will find out who's the one being withheld. God will meet you there every time you go to the closet. When it comes time to seeking of him, of something that's that's just something that we want to know, that is just something that you just... It's just bugging us, we would say, that I want to know a, a scripture or something that's just an inside of something that I, I need to know. I need to know this. You spend time with God. You'll find out what God will give you. And he just said, my people are destroyed because literally they didn't even want to retain it. They didn't want to just keep it in their mind. God said, not only is it the people, it's the priest that's doing this also. He said, so therefore, when you have shut this knowledge out, not only you, but your children's affected by it too. So he said, my people are being destroyed simply because of this lack of knowledge. He didn't say they had no knowledge. They had a knowledge of God, but they wasn't pursuing this. That's why I said we can't be satisfied just to come to church. Well, we did it. Hallelujah. Let's go home. No, sir. We got to come in here. And you can't, and I'm not saying and come in here in a frustrated way. You know, come on, we just got to do this. We got to do this. No, sir, this is not hard. All you got to come in here and just come in here with an expectation, say, God, you know what I went through. You know where I'm at. You know the condition I'm in. And I'm telling you, God, I am making myself available. That's all you got to do. This is not hard. You come in God's house, a willing just per- participant, and when you come in here, I'm telling you, uh, Empty yourself is what I'm trying to say. And when you come in here, God will fill you with whatever you need. I promise you. He will do it. He, he, will, he will do it. And that, that is why, that is why we just, they rejected this knowledge. They, why they did it, I don't know. 
why they did this, I don't know. Isaiah, I want to skip over to Isaiah. In Isaiah, I'll read um, 43, I'll start at 10. This is the Lord speaking through Isaiah. He said, you are my witness, saith the Lord, and the servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved. I have showed when there was no strange, excuse me, God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Now, if Israel would have only remembered who, who it was that just kept coming to their rescue, Every time they got in, you know, the ministers has told us the years, if you could put Israel on a graph, it's just the up and down ride of Israel. But if Israel could have just fully, fully remembered, when they got in help, they called on Jehovah. I don't know. I, you know, I ain't saying it's in the Bible, but I don't, I don't have no recollection, and I don't know but I don't know of no place in the Bible where Israel is truly in trouble and them calling on Baal. They called on Jehovah. They knew who to call on. So when times got tough and they needed God, they knew who to call. They knew who to call. And they called on the Lord to rescue them. So the Lord did this and they called. And that, that, that's why we believe that there is only one God. And it ain't because we say so. What we say ain't got nothing to do with it. It's what this Bible supports, what the Bible believes. But we believe that there's only one God made himself a body. That's why he came to this earth, because he loved humanity so much. He came to this earth, presented himself. That's why literally when John seen Jesus, he described, behold, the Lamb of God. Literally, that flesh was the son of God and that flesh literally was the lamb of God to be the sacrifice for the sin that is why he could call him the lamb of God but why I, one thing I love about it is the lamb of God slain as in Revelation it says from the foundation of the world in other words this ain't took God by surprise God's loved humanity since the very beginning God said if I have to set this in plan for I've set this in motion from the very beginning. He did. He did do this. Now, jump with me. My comments is done. Jump with me back to uh, Colossians. I want to read um, Colossians. Go back to 2 and let's start. At verse 6. Colossians 2, and I'll start at verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And then the verse I read a while ago Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And then he tells us, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, I guess you could say, in its truest definition, philosophy is, just the love of wisdom, I guess. Just the love of wisdom. But man has took it and went so far with it. And if you, if you was to take it and if you would kept it God-oriented in your pursuit, then, but Paul's telling us, he said, don't you let no man rob you. In other words, that's why you have to be so careful of what you're listening to, what you let 
persuade you. You know, if you're just, if, if a guy is just speaking on the morals of humanity, that's one thing. But if a guy is speaking on, uh, if a man or woman is speaking on what we would consider doctrinal issues, then you better guard yourself. And, and, and I'm not trying to be out of the way. But he, he said this philosophy here, this is just vain speculation. Because if a guy is speaking on something that could literally, as the Lord said, cause you to be deceived, and he's just giving you his thought or his idea, then I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear something that God has moved on humanity by the Holy Ghost, that has God's spirit, that believes there is only one God. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That he gave himself for humanity. He came to his people. He died on the cross. When he died, he gave his spirit in the form of the Holy Ghost for humanity. That is who I want to listen to. That is who I want to influence me. Not to someone that says, well... You don't have to have this, and you don't want to have to have that, and this is not necessary, and that is not necessary. I mean, if, if they don't even have God's Spirit, why would I even give them the time of day? I mean, just pardon me if that's just too plain, but I'm telling you, this is the truth. I cannot listen to them. I cannot give myself to them because this is too serious. This is too serious that I do that. He says, do not let no man deceive you. That is God himself telling us that. Watch yourself. Guard yourself. Listen to what you're being told because literally you have the chance of being deceived and I do not want to be deceived. He says we have this. Some literally love tradition of man more literally than the word of God. They just love tradition more. They'll just tell you, well, it was good enough for grandma so it's good enough for me. Well, I got nothing against grandma or grandpa. But if what grandma and grandpa had don't match the word of God, then I'm sorry. I can't go with grandma and grandpa. I've got to go with the word of God. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm telling you, we got to stay with God's word. That is what we got to go with because this is what we've got to do. Jump with me to, um, jump back with me to Luke. Luke, uh, Luke 11. And I'll, uh, Luke 11 and uh, Luke 11 and 52. Now he says, Woe unto you lawyers, but he's speaking to the Pharisees. Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye enter not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, ye hindered. And ye have said these things unto them. The scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. So he's telling them, he says, you have taken away the key of knowledge. You wouldn't go in, but all you wanted to do is stand in the door and prevent those that would go in. You have prevented he didn't say you had stopped them, but you're hindering. You're deceiving them. You've got people that surely was sincere that wanted to go in, but what you find yourself doing, what are you doing? You're misleading them. You're telling them, you don't need all of that. Well, that church over there requires all them restrictions. They want to put all these reg rules and regulations on you. When we ain't wanting to do nothing but get people to see God's truth, that's all we want to do. We ain't, we ain't caring about putting no restrictions on nobody. What we want people to do is see God's truth. Everything else, God will balance out. We ain't got to do it. God will take care of it. It ain't our job to put rules and regulations on nobody. What our job is to do is open this truth to them. And what we'll do, or, or we don't do that, God will do it. What we do is point them towards the truth and with everything that's in us. And God is saying, you lawyers, you scribes, and you Pharisees, you bunch of hypocrites, all you do is stand in the door. 
They're trying to get in and you just block the door. You're just saying, you don't need to go here. You don't need this door. There's another door over here. If you'll just go in this door, you'll be okay. And God is rebuking them for it. But the thing of it is, they were being deceived and God rebuked them for it. But Jesus says, or Paul said, you are complete. I'm telling you, humanity has run himself ragged trying to feel complete. It's just me and me and Brother Allen was at the jail and we was talking to some men. I said, I'm telling you, humanity has shot itself full of drugs, has took every pill, has drunk itself full of booze throughout humanity, trying to just feel complete has just slept with everything under the sun, just wanting to feel complete. But God said, I am the bread of life. If you would partake of this bread, you would never hunger anymore. And I'm telling you, that is a guarantee that you will never, ever get nowhere. Nothing on planet Earth can guarantee this. Nothing, no one, nobody, no thing, nothing, no possession, nothing you can put your hands on other than the Word of God can offer this. God himself said, you, or Paul said, I am complete. If I would sell myself to this and give myself to this truth, it would complete me. And that is what I'm searching for. I'm telling you, I am still looking for to be completed and I can find myself being complete in this word. I don't need to look nowhere else. I don't need to wonder where it's at. God said, I am the truth. Therefore, if I would give myself to this, therefore I would be complete. The Bible tells us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have people through time to time, I've even wondered and said beside, I need more faith. All right. We come to church. We tell somebody, if I tell brother, if brother Herndon tells me of a situation that he was in, that God pulled him through, that's encouragement. I need that. That helps me. But I'm telling you, if I need faith, then I need to come hear the anointed preaching of the word of God because God said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you, sit, when you find yourself looking in the mirror says, you know, my faith is weak. You know, I'm just whipped. I think I'm gonna stay home tonight. I'm just so defeated. That's why we're defeated because the Bible says and only says faith comes by hearing. In other words, I'll leave out part of it. I'll say it like this. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, literally. So when I come in here and I find myself just battle weary, what I need to come in here and just take myself and open myself and say, Brother Boyd, preach to me. I need my faith increased. And I have a promise from this book, from God himself, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when I come in here, I am a promise that my faith was here when I come in and it's going to be here when I leave. That is a promise. And that is how our faith is increased every time. Every time our faith is increased that way. It would be this way. That is why when Jesus told Mary and Martha, I mean, that uh, is it, truth. I literally love this passage. When, uh, when, um, Jesus told Martha, he says, you know, you're, you're careful, you're anxious, you're troubled. The many things has just got you so frustrated. You come in, God's in the house, and but yet what am I doing? I'm thinking about next week. I can't turn it off. I just come in here and I can't turn it off. Things has bothered me. But Jesus is telling her, Martha, Martha. And we've been told when God says something twice, you better stop and listen. Martha, Martha, you're careful, you're anxious, you're troubled. Too many things is driving you. If you would stop, the many things that's got you away from the one thing, if you would do the one thing, then the many things is going to be held at bay. Because come in here, let the many things alone, and you do the one thing. Because he said, Mary has chosen the one thing, and that ain't going to be taken away from her. That's why I said, God has made us a promise. If you would spend time with me, hell ain't going to be able to rob that. He said, you come in here. You do the one thing that's needful. And if you would do that, then the many things is going to be held at bay. So he told her, he says, come in here, do that. It's not going to be taken from you. This knowledge, and I believe truly, and I'll say it like this, knowing the identity of Jesus Christ, knowing the identity of Jesus Christ in God, I believe is literally the highest just 
point of knowledge that we can obtain. And I don't believe it's, some, it's like a carrot that's being held out there. Literally, I do not believe it. I, I, I believe some people, it's literally, the Bible calls it a revelation. But I believe some people get confused in this. I, I, I'm telling you, I believe literally that God so loved the world. The Bible tells us he gave his only begotten son. Paul told us, or, or not, not Paul, I don't think it was Paul, but he says, no man has seen God at any time. You have neither heard his voice nor seen his shape at any time. So therefore, I do know God is a spirit. He come down with Adam and Eve. I fully believe that. I don't believe it was in spirit form. I believe it was a theophany, a body that literally come down that Adam and Eve could see whatever form that was. I believe it was flesh. He come down and walked with them where literally they could see him and had fellowship with them and literally put them at peace and had communion with them. Now, some believe that was the body of Jesus Christ. I personally don't believe that. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but you can believe whatever you want to believe. But what I'm saying, I believe it was in the form of a theophany. But what I'm saying is I believe God loved humanity so much that the Jews, he's telling the Jews, he says, if you would believe who is talking to you, you would believe me because the scriptures testify of me. In, in what I want to read, the last verse I, I, I want to read, if you will turn with me, to uh, St. John. St. John 5. Read with me in St. John 5 and St. John 5, 37. Just follow me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, and ye have not his word abiding in you, of whom he has sent him ye believe not. Then he said, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. So he's telling them. Now, he tells them to search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. Now, here he is speaking to them, and... He's telling them, the Father has sent me. The Spirit has sent me. Here is the flesh and blood body of Jesus talking to them. And he says, the Spirit has sent me. And this where it says, search the scriptures. This is not, I believe. Now what I'm fixing to give you is my opinion and you can leave it at that, my opinion only. But where he says, search the scriptures, this is not go home and study. He's speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. What do these jokers do? They keep their chest thrown out all the time. Oh, you want to know what the word is? We know. We study this all the time. We're doctors of the law. We're lawyers in the law. So this is the Lord saying to me, or saying to them, ye search the scriptures. You have searched the scriptures. And therefore you're saying, you're taking from searching the scriptures, you're saying we have eternal life. But God is saying you search the scriptures and therefore you think you have eternal life. And then he is saying, and they are they which testify of me. In other words, this is my commentary on it. If you have searched the scriptures, then you would know the flesh and blood body that's standing in front of you is who that has been prophesied for thousands of years that was to come. So therefore, he is saying, I am the one that has been promised through the prophecy for all this time that was to come. And therefore, you think because you think you know the law, because you've studied the law, you think you have eternal life. In other words, I don't, think, I don't think they knew. Because the Bible in 2 Peter that I read a while ago, now it says no prophecy. No prophecy. Now I think we can liken that to Scripture. But it said no prophecy was given by just any man's interpretation. 
So no prophecy came in the old time by the will of man. Other words, I will look at it like this. I will just close in saying this. God was promised to come to this earth thousands of years before he ever showed up in the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and dwelt on this earth. He was rejected. They took, Jesus stood before them, and he says, because you have searched the scriptures, you have laid claim on eternal life. But in searching the scriptures, you ought to know that I am Jehovah in human flesh. But you don't receive me as Jehovah. You just say, I'm another prophet. For God said, if you had received me, then you would know. And that's why Paul told us, no prophecy came in old time by the will of man. In other words, this promise of God coming to this earth was not man's idea. Man was not just saying, you know, God's just going to come. Remember, they was moved on. The Bible tells us they was moved, and I liken that as the day in Acts when the Holy Ghost was poured out as of a rushing mighty wind. So the Bible says through Peter they was moved on by the Holy Ghost. So I look, I, I liken that the same way as they as the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They is the, the rushing mighty wind. They was moved. In other words, God moved on them with the Holy Ghost, the same form, the same way as He did in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So. I liken that the same way. So he was saying that if you had studied this scripture, then you would know that I'm not Jesus the prophet. I'm Jesus Jehovah standing in front of you because I have given you everything. I've given you everything. Study. Now, what God has given us, he's given us his word and he's given us his spirit. And anything, and I'll just end with this. Just what he told Mary. Spend time with me and the many things will be kept at bay. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.